0: Welcome to the Bread and Cup Podcast, hosted by Corey and Shauna Burris. They are a former pastor, a college teacher, and Pacific Northwest coffee lovers. Mostly, they are Jesus followers who find themselves in lots of interesting conversations with non-Christians, former Christians, wondering Christians, and young adults from all kinds of backgrounds. And we want to invite you into those conversations. The Bread and Cup Podcast is a place for real talk about the Bible, life, and what it takes to move beyond the easy answers. So let's grab a cup and join the conversation.
1: Welcome to Bread and Cup Podcast. I'm Corey,
0: and I'm Shauna. Uh, tonight, as we're recording, I'm drinking a new tea. It's juniper mint honey um, from Sao. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Tazo. No idea. I don't know how to say it. Please find us on Instagram at Bread and Cup Podcast and tell me how to pronounce that tea. I bought it at Target. Juniper mint honey. It's delicious, and we're eating it with. Um, I continue working on this egg bread recipe. And this last one, um, I used a mix of regular flour and bread flour. And I feel like...
1: I... we don't usually have bread flour on hand.
0: That's true. But we did this. But same. our sweet neighbor, I taught her how to um, make sourdough. I gave her some of our, what I jokingly call our bread pet, um, our sourdough starter. Um, I I don't know. It was probably a month or more ago now. Um, but I brought it over and she and I spent a couple hours making sourdough at her house. And so she was... She's just reciprocating um, by bringing over some bread flour. So I've been playing around with that a little bit with some of our more favorite recipes. And so, yay, fresh, warm rolls and tea.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And this week we are talking about um, a conversation actually that I had with um, somebody that I had. He was a younger guy. And uh, we had, I was his youth leader for many years. And we went out Mm -hmm. and we were having a beer. And he said, so I'm going to ask you a question what do you think about tithing? And he was getting married. And so he was trying to figure out like, Hey, we're going to be combining our income. I've never quote unquote tithed before. I don't really know what that means. Um, What do you think of it? And that was kind of the thing because clearly he and his wife were having a conversation about money and about tithing and what, what it was, how important it was. And, and so it sparked a conversation for he and I, because we, We have always grown up in the church where they say things like, well, tithing means 10%. So therefore you give 10% of your first fruits. And what does that actually mean? And what does that look like? And so it opened up a conversation to have with him about what, not only what is tithing, but what is the heart behind tithing and how does it actually play out? And, you know, like if you don't tithe, are you robbing God of his money, you know, and all of that? Yeah. And so... um, And...
0: Does tithing um does is tithing basically like insurance coverage? Right. Like I put in my tithe and every month, you know, I deposit my whatever amount, 10% of your net or your gross, however you calculate that, and therefore I am going to have job security, food stability. I will always have my bills met and Let's be honest. Because We're pretty sure that also God's gonna throw in that vacay and in my world, the new Kate Spade purse or whatever that is, right?
1: Right. And that because because that is something that is constantly um and I actually used a, a scenario of us talking about our, our tithing situation where we had not tithed when we first got married. And... Well, we
0: didn't have any money. Right. So 10%, like we literally... No, I know. We literally brought in $13,000 that year, like on our taxes, and we spent 18000 So 10% of negative <laughs> right. $5,000 is, you know, like... But, but, Ah.
1: but so we had a discussion about that and I, you know, every every church, like I feel like every time that they, you know, the church brings up, you know, tithing time and it's time to give, they always bring somebody up that talks about like, well, I didn't think I could. And then I just, I gave out of, out of, you know, knowing that this was something I was supposed to do and God still provided. Yeah. And in our case, that was sort of true too, right? Absolutely. We like you said we we were down $5,000 on the year and then we decided you know what this is a priority for priority for us as a family. Yeah. And we did start giving and things did change. The problem is is that God never said it was an equation, right? Like right. he didn't say give to me and then I then I will bless you. This is yeah. not a um that, that's not actually what we gave out of. So that was some, one of the things I had to explain to him. I said, I, I actually think tithing is
0: right. I think, I, I think, well. Uh, we th- I, can we reframe that? Because we mm-hmm. use the, f- right. the wording t- tithing because we were raised in the church. And so that is sort of the catch-all for a regular gift. We absolutely, in our home, in our family, under our belief, believe that it is right and appropriate to put your money where your mouth is. If we say that we are Christians, if we say we believe the church should be the first place people go and receive help, not go for help, but go and receive help. We would be horrific hypocrites to not invest there first. So, so we do. However,
1: but I also do believe that there is biblical precedence.
0: totally to
1: to, and it's it's not to me. It's not just putting your money where your mouth is. And this was the discussion I got into with this this guy that was getting married. Was yeah. like, listen, I don't believe there's an equation. I don't believe that there's this ultimate like game plan of like, well, if you tithe, then you know you got yeah. things coming back to you. It's so your you security. So, yeah, That's it's got like you. insurance, right? Yeah. And 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 I I, I said, but. I believe that as, as people of faith and people of, um, that are in community in our church, that yes, tithing is actually important because I think it's a discipline yep. to go, I believe in this and it's a, it's a difficult thing to do. We give yep. out of, we don't just give out of abundance. We give out of, we give sacrificially in many yeah. ways and we and are going to also, get to this. also we give
0: out of Pattern and habit, and that's what discipline is. Discipline. There is nothing wrong with habits to our faith or our life. There's lots of habits we have that that are that benefit us. And tithing, the principle behind tithing, um, is one of those habits. Like it just we pay our mortgage because while we love, yay Dave Ramsey, yay debt free, we we carry a mortgage. Right, we pay that. We pay you know, every month we spend a certain amount at Costco because the children eat an ungodly amount of food. We pay these things. They are regular investments. We don't question them. We don't say, Hey, this month I'd rather buy a boat. And so therefore we're just going to skip Costco and put the money towards, I don't know what kind of shabby boat we're buying for what our food costs, but you get my point, right? That, that there's this, there are the things that that are non-negotiable. And for us investing in our local church through the framework of tithe is a non-negotiable.
1: Right. And the discipline of doing that yeah. is the key thing. And that was yep. something I really stressed with him was um, that it is a spiritual discipline in many ways mm-hmm. of going, you know what? It is, it is not just, oh, I believe in my church, so I'm going to give to it sure it is i believe in my church so that's where the dollars might be going in some circumstances yeah but i'm going to set aside a certain amount of my income to to use for for other reasons to to be there for other people and i've heard of people doing it in many different ways and sure, whether, there's the
0: start with 1% and right. then every time, you know, every year or quarter or wherever you're at, you, you add a percent until you reach the place where you think that's appropriate. We, we know some people that um, they, they were just blessed financially and so they started with 10% and every year they would add 1% in giving. So it didn't all go to their local church, but it all went to... Christ-centered organizations that were doing biblical right. biblical things, right? Orphan, widow, you know, sojourner, that that style thing. They they stopped increasing it by a year when they hit 25% of their income. Which is crazy. And then that's just what they maintained for right. many years. Now, do they get a gold shiny star? No. This was something that they decided to do between them and between them and and through the prompting of the Holy Spirit, if you wonder what we mean by that, go listen to our one of our most recent episodes. Um, we don't mean some woo-woo voice um, or a televangelist telling them to do this. This was something they conceived of very privately, and we only even know about it um, because we happen to be um, so intimately connected to them as, as mentors and leaders that they were sharing something that really is an internal only Right. Situation with us as they were helping us develop our framework. So yeah, there's a lot of different ways of approaching tithe.
1: And I think I think that's a big piece of it is like I think automatically, I mean, we're we're, you know, some people are facing financial situations right now, some people are facing other other um uh reasons that they cannot give financially. Yeah. But that idea of tithing of what you have. Yeah, and, and to me, to me, it actually sits outside of, um, I always find that like what I would call biblical principles, <laughs> but like these biblical principles actually are healthy for our emotional well-being as well. Sure. Right? Like getting out of your own self and feeding your own self with all of the stuff, like, just, oh, I'm just going to get what I can, just get what I can, just get what I can. Yeah. If you just focus 10% of your life on giving back, whether yeah. that's your time Sometimes that's your money. Sometimes it's your time and your money. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's, it's um, uh, how you spend, you know, your family, like teaching your family uh, of mm-hmm. like, hey, we're going to go out as a family and do this and, and, and give and, and be focused on something that is not self-serving in any way, shape yeah. or form is a super healthy understanding for it helps you kind of find focus. Yeah. Find purpose behind what you do, yeah. and I'm not talking politics. We're not talking like things like that. We're talking like literally giving to something that has value in people's lives.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I think you know you and I, as we've navigated what we want to be when we grow up, and and I keep thinking that that that's a future thing. I think we've actually hit grown up status, and so, I hope so. Oh, I'm not sure some days, um, but. That we we talk about these things like, well, what what do we want our life to look like, and it it is that idea of if somebody were to open our bank statement, they should see what we value. Apparently, Costco is (laughs) top of the list. We just went Um, to Costco today. We did go to Costco today, but it. I mean, just seriously, friends, if you have small children, we were told when our children were small that at some point we would spend x amount a month on groceries and at the time it was like the rent on our tiny apartment and we straight up, up laughed in these mentor's faces we just laughed at them we were like that is insane that's not a thing i'm here to tell you go thing. ahead and laugh it's a thing we it, we just we spend an, an outrageous amount feeding these these people and the people that come with these people, right? It used to be, they'd bring their friends over. I loved that. I really miss having a house full of rowdy kids and teenagers, but um, someday soon again, I hope. Uh, but if you, if you were to open our bank statements, you would see the things we value. And I hope it would be abundantly clear to anybody looking that we, we value investing in our community. We value investing in, in the people around us and because of who we believe God made them to be. And so that shows up in church giving, but it also shows up, I think in, um, a willingness to, you know, show up in other ways by volunteering or the way we spend our time or the way we don't spend our time, right. The way that we're, um, Okay, so Bob Goff, uh, you all should know who he is. He's an exceptionally famous uh, he lawyer. You don't know who he is, babe? His.
1: his I know who Jared book... Goff is. Do you know who Jared
0: Goff is? I don't. Is he a football player? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe Bob Goff is his dad. We don't know.
0: Uh, I don't. I don't think so. But maybe Bob Goff is actually an an attorney who lives this extraordinary life. He's now written several books, so he's stopped practicing law. Um, and he, uh, runs, he actually runs Malibu up in Canada as part of young life. He and his wife, um, who he calls sweet Maria, uh, are, are huge, um, huge part of the leadership of young life. Um, but he has this, his first book, um, he talks about how he and Maria were given the free use of this clubhouse by his boss. He was a, brand new attorney. They had absolutely no money. He had just gotten out of law school. um, And his boss had just purchased a home in in a gated community that came with this really, you know, big, the use of this big, beautiful clubhouse. And so he was gifted that to use as the reception place for their wedding. What a wonderful gift, right? His boss was investing in him. I love that. What Bob Goff did with this is that when many, many, many years later, um, he saw this young man like walking back and forth past now his very large property. He has like a lakeside property with a deck and it's beautiful. And this kid kept walking back and forth and he finally stops and he's like, so what's up? And he said, well, I'm trying to find a great place to propose to my girlfriend. And, and I will, you can read the story for yourself or look it up. He's told it on several podcasts, but, um, in the end, basically, he gets completely invested in this stranger's' proposal, and they just dial everything to eleven. And it becomes this enormous, exciting, fantastic um project that he's comp- i mean he has, he doesn't know this young man. He has no reason to do that. But it's that idea that, Does he have money? Yes. He's a very successful lawyer and businessman and entrepreneur. Like he could have just given him money, but he didn't. He, he took a personal interest in this young man's success. They took a personal interest in what was happening in this young couple's life. And that to me is a unique way of looking at this, right? It is not, we tithe because that's money towards something. It's the, the principle of this is investing in our community. And can that be money? Sure. But more than anything, it must be. We take a personal, we take personal interest. We take very personal um, ownership almost maybe of what's happening to the people that live near and around us or, you know, share our lives in some way.
1: What I love about that is that it's um, kind of what you're saying is, what is the heart behind what we do? And that's the idea of generosity, right? Like the idea that like we, it also makes you, you need to have your eyes up. To mm-hmm. be looking for opportunity. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example. So we um, we were in a small group, and we were going through like a discipleship program. And one of the one of the things that they we knew was coming up one of the weeks of the discipleship program was was people at the time we didn't really know any of them except for two of them, um, and now a lot of them have become some of our best friends. And um, one of the things that you had to do in this small group and this discipleship thing was um, you were going to do a service weekend.
0: Yeah. Or, or
1: a service of things. So you had it's to called go the to, serve
0: experience. Yes. So you had mm-hmm. to you
1: had to find somebody that had a need. And so, you know, like we we found one need that was out there with some family members that needed some help and we were able to help them and our group jumped in. And then lo and behold, one of our one of the couples that we were in this with, they went to was it it was like Home Depot or something like that. They were walking through a parking lot of a of a store of some sort, right? They're walking through and they see a woman that is. I
0: think her van was broken down. Yeah, right? her
1: van was broken mm-hmm. down. And they go over to offer some help, like, "Hey, is everything okay? Like, is there anything that we can do to help you?" And all of a sudden, they were able to drive her back to her home. Yeah. Which we had just found out she had just moved into, and it was a it was a mobile not a mobile home. It was a yeah yeah a mobile home yeah um a yeah, single, a single wide mobile. mobile home, and she had just gotten it. And when she moved in, there were all of these issues, windows leaking all over this place. And what happened was out of that, yes, our group went over and we did our serve experience with them and we did all of this stuff, but it actually created this rolling experience with these people where when we were there, people would be like, oh man, they don't have this. I'm going to run to the store and get that for them. And I'm going to, oh, the window. Oh, we can't just like seal it we got to buy them a brand new window so one of the couple, one of the people just went out and bought a brand new window for them and yep. when they saw the felt neat because their eyes were up right yeah. and the same thing is true of the couple that was in that parking lot their eyes were up they were looking yeah. for a moment of generosity they were looking at the people around them through the lens that they should have been looking at them, yeah. and ultimately, that's what we're talking about when we talk about tithing. It's not just put your head down and put your money into a basket that get pa- gets passed around to you on a Sunday morning. It is be observant to the needs of the people around you. Find ways to invest in your church so that it the fruit comes out on the other end. And if it's not, it com- fruit isn't coming out on the other end. Maybe maybe find a different way to you know invest your money because the idea is generosity. Yeah. The idea is, is looking outward in, in terms of, um, how you see things.
0: And the churches, at least the language that we've heard, um, and certainly the negative language associated with some of the, you know, like TV evangelists from the, from the eighties, it's entirely centered on you give to, to the church body as a structure. And that can be extremely off-putting for people who've been hurt by those institutions or just have a negative view of it for whatever reason. And so, um, I think it's, it's valuable to, to go back and actually look at where that concept comes from. So if you go back to Deuteronomy, you'll see the original language of, um, of tithing. But what you're going to see is, yes, there was a tithe sort of to God. and But that went to the Levites. They were um, one of the tribes that were not allowed to have a vocation outside of the care and the keeping of the temple and, and the sacrifices and that work. And so because they were mandated um, by God to work and serve only in the church, they didn't actually have an opportunity to feed themselves or feed their children or, or do those things, right? They, they didn't have vocations. And so God provided for them by saying, well, everyone else, you take a portion of what you earn, your biblical term, that very churchy way of saying it, the first fruits, and you bring it into the church storehouse. And that's how we'll provide for this tribe of people that I have dictated aren't allowed to do anything else. Hmm. They are here to take care of you and to make sure you have an open door to me through all the work of the sacrifices and, and the temple and the feasts, right? So they have, they have plenty of work. There's lots of feasts and there's lots of sacrifices and that's what they're supposed to do. So let's make sure that their families don't starve. Okay. Okay. That's what they do. But that was just the first part. There's actually three layers to this. The second tithe um, is uh, this is meant to, to happen annually but it's it's part of a, a regular this is the yearly giving it's to family and so it sort of the language around it is so that you can go basically so that you can go to Jerusalem and participate in the feasts and participate in the sacrifices but the idea is that you you dedicate a portion of what you have to make sure that those Running the church can eat. They're not going to starve, the Levites. And then you dedicate a regular portion of what you have to make sure your family has the opportunity to Sabbath, um, to take a mm. sabbatical, to take a religious vacation, a time away, because that's really important. You can't run a full throttle all the time, right? I right. mean, U.S. Western culture is just ample proof that, that it, it wrecks us. And then the third one um, happens every, I think it was every three years. Um, and that's a tie to others. It's, the, it's specifically for the widow, the orphan, and the sojourner. And while they could always receive help from the temple and the community was mandated to take care of them, there was this separate piece that was mandated um, to you know, a slightly lesser degree than, than the temple and the family but dedicated to making sure that the, the marginalized groups among you, immigrant kids in care, and those without familial support had reliable support from their, from their faith community. And I think we hear so much about the first, right? And we hear so little about the other two.
1: Well, in, I would argue we hear so little about the second. I think we hear a lot about the third, but it's always, yeah, maybe now. it always, it, yeah. a lot of times. Though I do think it is framed through give to the church so that they can take care of those things. Mm-hmm. I think that there's something beautiful, and I actually think there's something. Um, you know, we talk about you know, not the sacraments, but like the idea of like this idea of um, of repetition and doing oh the, like a
0: liturgy. Yeah, like
1: yeah. there's something beautiful about all three of those. things things yeah uh, focusing in on on different aspects either of our faith or of who we are as people right like the first one is give to this institution that is that is what draws us into God, or or sure. provides a service in, in, in that side of things, give to this other thing, this this institution of family, which is vitally important for our society. Yeah, and it's vitally important that you regularly are investing in it and mm-hmm. and giving into it. And then this institution of looking at the people around you and the needs around you, mm-hmm. we're gonna and give to that. And so having those three things be an aspect of your your giving. Cadence, if you will, yeah. is I think really, really important for anybody, whether you are yeah. a Christian or not. Like yeah. find some th- find ways that and you let are us giving go to back. multiple things. If you
0: are living what we did in our first, it was maybe between our first and second year of marriage, where you are in the negative, we are not telling you to go out and spend hundreds of dollars on any of this. We are simply saying, eyes up. It you might not have. Any financial resource, but you can still consider investing in this pattern yeah. one way a month, right? Like,
1: talk to your church. And so, so I mean, let me give you three examples, right? You could okay. go to your church and say, Hey, I want to mow the lawn. Yeah. Right? Um, go or to, go
0: serving kids' ministry if, <laughs> right. if you know how to handle kids. They always need help, they will love you for mm-hmm. it. And then,
1: and then for your family set aside times where you were like, you know what guys, we're going to do something that, that invests in us as a family and yeah. that brings us closer, right? We're going to regularly do walks or we're going to yep. do, you know, a Sabbath walk, which is what we do as a family every yep. Sunday. Um, and then, oh, and then it's,
0: it's actually free to cancel all your weekend appointments and wonderful. pretend you're out of the state even if you can't afford to leave the state. It, right. it doesn't cost you anything to stay home and just tell everyone you're on vacation.
1: Yeah. And then, and then be, just be aware of the needs around you. If you see a neighbor in need, you don't have to, to financially invest in them. There mm-hmm. are many ways that you can invest in the people around you.
0: I would argue that right now, one of the best ways that we can invest in the people around us is to genuinely see them yeah. And to listen to their stories with curiosity, that is not happening enough right now. And I mean, I, w- we could bring in the aspect of social justice and just the marginalization we've seen of people of color. That's absolutely part of this. But I would argue that um, so much of the tone and the timber of of all of us having to sort of go digital um, and be behind masks means that. All, all groups are struggling with the idea of just making eye contact with somebody Mm. and, and being, being genuinely seen as a full value human on the other side of this interaction. And we might be, you know, very different places, politically, belief systems, socioeconomic, but just see the person across from you as a full value human, believe they matter as much as you matter when you look at them, whether or not you agree with them it is it is it costs you no money, but it is a gift of immense worth um in a time where people really don't feel seen seen and heard and are just hurting to be acknowledged
1: yeah and you see it in the way that people have become more angry, yeah. And and I think the anger. I don't see it as you're bad people that are angry. I see it as you are people that are crying out to be heard, yeah, and to be seen for what you're having to say. And sometimes we say it the wrong way when we're angry. We yeah. speak out of. We anger. get frustrated, right? Yeah. Like
0: you. I've said the same. I mean, we do this with the kids, right? I have told you thirteen times for the love, pick up your shoes. Like it gets it gets more. I, didn't I tried. Think you not.
1: were going to say shoes.
0: Oh. <laughs> Well, well, I'll be real ran. authentic with y'all. Sometimes I don't say shoes. Um, and I tried not to yell into the microphone, but sometimes we reach that point of like, I have said, I've said the same thing 15 times. I, today. Today, <laughs> in the last 10 minutes, I don't know how to say this in a kind, quiet, affirming way anymore. You are, you are flat out ignoring me. The only way to get your attention is to raise my voice, and you know, as a rule, I, I, we don't like to raise our voice at our kids. But certainly, I have a different tone to my voice. Kids call it "scary mommy" voice when I really just need them to pay attention. And I think you're right. We're we're seeing that. Yeah. And okay, so I think that there is a there is a good challenge if you are a Christian. Um, I would encourage you to listen to this verse from Romans, um, and think about the ways that it applies more broadly than, um, simply giving money to the church. Romans 12, 13 through 17, we tend to read ESV. So that's what this is, says, contribute to the needs of the saints and to show hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. That means don't get a big head about yourself. Be willing to interact with the other humans in your sphere. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. I'm so challenged by that. I mean we've used we've talked a bit about the rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Um you know, Emmanuel Garraway quoted quoted that um yeah. in our uh bread and cup bonus cup. Uh, and it, man, that it that has stuck that has stuck on my heart. Um, especially just sort of the the context he shared it in um on How simple it sounds, and how brutally difficult it can be. Yeah. And how just immensely generous it is to say, Your hurt, I'll join you in that. Like, I'm safe. I'm privileged. I'm secure. I'm not hurting. But your hurt, your hurt matters to me. I will be generous enough to lay aside my comfort to mourn with you and yours. Mm. Like, oh.
1: Yeah, we've talked about this a little bit. I think that, um, again, going back to like this idea of like keeping your eyes up, yeah. when you begin to see the people around you the way that they should be seen, we, we begin to approach them with um, empathy, yes, but also, and we've talked about this a lot, is this idea of lamenting, mm. right? And seeing the hurt and feeling the hurt of the people that are around us, and truly, um, not not wanting to find out. Well, why did they? Why did you? Why did Why did that happen to you? Because you yeah. shouldn't have done that. Maybe if you yeah. would have made de- better decisions, yeah, you wouldn't, you have wouldn't been be in this situation. The situation, yep. right? And instead, going, no, 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 I I mourn with you that yep. you were in this situation. Yeah, and and in an in an act of tithing, I. I want to come alongside you and give you back a little bit of what, what you feel was taken from you Yeah, in that. And that's ultimately what tithing is, is giving back to God. Yes. Because all things are gods. I get that, right? Like you hear that a lot in church, but it's also giving back to the people around you, things that have been robbed from them. Yeah. Some of it's dignity, some of it's opportunity. Some of it is, um, um, some of it is, is financial, yeah. things. Um, and, and maybe they, they put themselves in that situation. Maybe they, maybe, maybe they did. Maybe they made poor choices. But have we become so far away from the heart of God that we, we can't see them for who they are? Like yeah. Have we walked away so far that we, we are more interested in seeing their choices than seeing their hurt? And yeah. I think that is a huge problem.
0: Yes, absolutely. I think um, you know, Philippians 2 really um, speaks to that idea. Certainly, I was, I was thinking of the story of the Good Samaritan the whole time you said that, but I, I like what this verse in Philippians says specifically. So I'm, I'm going to read it again. It's chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. Again, it's in the ESV because that's, that's what we read. Um, Each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. I I read that, and I used to think that it meant mind your place. Mm -hmm. I don't, certainly it it may, you know, for certain. I love that about, I love that about the word of God, that, that it challenges that it's never just one dimensional, but I don't, I don't read it that way anymore. When I, when I hear this of don't look to your own interests, but the interests of others. And then we, then he clarifies what that means by saying, think about it this way, guys. Um, you, you have something in Christ Jesus. You have security. You have joy. You have hope. You have renewing identity. Um, Jesus had all of that and more. He, he never made a mistake. He never did the wrong thing. He never made a choice where, well, he should get his off of that choice. Right? Right. And yet when he came here, he didn't bring that with him. of like, I've made every right decision and that's why I'm bomb he came in and was like, all right, how do we do this? Let, let me help you see what it means to be a human. Let me feel what it is to be starving. Let me feel what it is to be um, thirsty. Let me feel what it is to get sunburned and my knees scraped and to have my friends be cruel to me and all of these things that when added together become the experience of humans, right? And now when I read that, what you talked about is what I hear. The idea of you and I know we live in tremendous privilege. We, we check every privilege box there is just about. say for being born with trust funds, we, ch- we check every box. Um, for us, when we read this, that means don't for a second think that we earned what we have. What we have is a gift. And when you have a gift the best thing you can do is return it as a gift. Yeah. And that, that people, that people who do not have the privilege we have, who've had to fight harder or cross wider rivers or whatever it is that we don't get to compare ourselves to them. We just get to stand next to them as fellow humans.
1: And I can hear, I can hear people out there going, well, But I earned what I I have. Um, and there might be some truth in that. Like I know a lot of people work very, very hard for the money that they have or the things that they have or even the opportunities they have. They build businesses or they Oh man, when I was in school,
0: I studied my yeah, you know, my tushy off. Like I I earned I earned the right to cross that platform and pick up my degree. But man, all the things that contributed to me getting to that place.
1: But even beyond that, like, even beyond that, of going, okay, you did, but that's, but, but you're losing sight of your purpose in doing that. Your purpose wasn't so that you could earn all of this stuff. Mm. Your purpose was actually so that you could be and see things through the eyes of who Jesus is. Yeah. Like, yeah, you did. You earned all those things. Yeah. You, you, you made you made your own, even, you know, you know, even if there wasn't things like privileges and, you know, advantages that are given to certain people of certain races or, or certain socioeconomic circumstances or whatever it is, right. Even if those things did not appear and they did not happen and you just made yourself what it was, you may, you were made with purpose. Yeah. And I think that you sitting back and going, but I, I earn this, so I get to keep this is yeah. you denying the purpose that God has for you as yeah. well.
0: If you are, um, uh, at just a gifted business person, if you're an entrepreneur or you just happen to be, um, extremely, just extremely gifted in the things that make you successful in business, there's an awesome book called called to business by, um, Dallas Willard, and it. Uh,
1: Shauna reads a lot of books. Just I want to love throw that out reading because like books I, are
0: fabulous. Books are books are. I almost said books are my friends, and Sword then I realized video games how... and movies. <laughs> I love a great movie. I just really like books. So, anyways, um, call to business if if because I think that in the challenge to say all your success isn't for you to feel successful, I completely agree with that. I also think that that some churches can err on the opposite side and vilify yeah. people who are, who are phenomenal business, um, you know, businessmen or businesswomen. And so call to build business. Uh, I, I recommend it, uh, to read. If you were raised to believe that having wealth is in itself a sin, uh, I disagree. Go read Willard's book far more brilliant than, either of us at this table, it is worth your time. And if you're a business person, um, and you're successful and you, and you love that, but you're trying to find, you're trying to close that proximity between you and Jesus. And you're, you're feeling some tension between these gifts and opportunities you have, um, and, and just what, what you're starting to think it means for you to live, um, out humanity as Jesus told you to, uh, go pick that one up. That's great. You, you won't be disappointed.
1: Again, um, tithing. Tithing is about, is about um, the discipline of caring for those around you, mm-hmm. being generous mm-hmm. to your family, to the yeah. church, to um, the people that are in need and keeping your eyes up. Yep. So find ways to do that. Find ways to give and do it regularly.
0: Absolutely. One of the things you do not need to give to is bread and cup. We I
1: mean, if you want to, I'll we, we don't have any
0: mechanism for you to do that. So please don't give to us, <laughs> but do show up on our Instagram page. We love reading your comments. We love getting DMs from you. Uh, please like, follow, share. You can always find us at bread and cup podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Although let's be honest, few of us use Facebook anymore. Um, and of course you can always find us, um, on our website at bread and cup to join the conversation, like, and subscribe, then find us on Instagram at breadandcuppodcast. and cup podcast. You can also find us at our website and other social platforms linked in the show notes.